until you guys uh, are speaking in tongues, I'm not going to let you out of this room because we don't want to be, we're here to acquire the fire, they said. We're here what? to acquire. Many of us have had all kinds of backgrounds, experiences in the churches and denominations that we've been a part of. And many times we have good experiences, but sometimes they aren't so good. And sometimes even spiritual abuse occurs within the body of Christ. And today, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that it can absolutely occur that when we go through trauma, when we go through uh, confusions and really things that are brought on by falsehoods and misunderstandings of scripture, they could impact us in a negative light as to how we enter the fullness of what God has for us, especially in walking in the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he has for us, that which he is has given us to proclaim the gospel and to be a witness, a light to the nations. Today, I have a special guest that I'm about to introduce to you who has an amazing story from his experience in church and his journey to freedom, where God has shown him how, despite what happened to him, God has amazing gifts for him that God continuously went to use him in to set others free. And so without further ado, Eric, thank you so much for joining me, brother. Uh, I'm such an honor to have you on. Thanks, PD, for having me here. Uh, I'm excited to, to be with you and uh, to, to talk about uh, some of my experiences. Awesome. Guys, Eric Aspasia, he's a television host for a program called The Light of the Southwest, which airs on the on God's Learning Channel television network. So we're going to be sharing your links at the end of this for anyone who's interested in, in finding out more. Um, but Eric, I think let's just get into it. I'd love for you to just share a bit of your story, your background uh, in short, and then go into that experience that you had and then we'll kind of take it from there. Sure. Um, yeah. So my experience, I guess I, I was raised uh, in a Catholic church, uh, kind of just not. It was a, my father's sort of religion, right? The family that was Catholic. But my mother, she was charismatic. Um, and so I kind of went to church with dad and um, um, it was more of a tradition and not really a faith uh, at that time. And then um, you know, later on, as I began to, you know, open up and read the Bible, I remember uh, actively sort of engage uh, with uh, my Messiah, Jesus at the time, right? Jesus, Jesus Christ. How do I, how do I learn about this? I, you know, begin reading it and um, for myself, I, uh, as I begin learning more and, and actual relationship with my creator, I, I wanted to go to church, uh, maybe something more than just the traditional um, prayers and traditional uh, liturgical songs that were sang at, the, uh, at this Catholic church that my father went to. Um, so I began going to uh, church with my mother, who, again, went to a very charismatic uh, Christian church. This particular church is going to a very large, uh, what's called um, Acquire the Fire. And, and uh, it was a very large youth program that, uh, that was a spirit-filled uh, type of uh, leadership. They kind of put all of us youth into a particular room uh in in the hotel that we were all staying at um and they said you know we we want to be sure that um that you're saved and uh and and this concept was new to me um i've been baptized at this point and the only way we can know that you are saved is if you have the holy spirit and so they would ask all the kids do you have the holy spirit and uh, within you, and you know, of course, for kids, you know, we're, this is right. a this is a group. We're separated from our parents. Uh, we are we're not with our mom and dad. Uh, we're we're under the youth leadership at this point. Um, but we all have permission to be to be there. Our, our parents sure. know we're here. Um, and then they said, "Well, do you have the Holy Spirit, Eric?" And I've, I said, "Yes, I have the Holy Spirit." And then they said, "Well, prove it." <laughs> and um, 
at that point as a child, um, no yeah. one has ever really had this approach. Uh, I've never seen this approach before. And, and then, um, as I mean, a kid, what do you I'm, think? I, like, uh, at, at, at you... this point, I'm like, how do I prove it? And yeah. I said, what well, I began to tell them how I believe that Jesus died on the cross and, and that he rose again and wow. that, um, that, um, he had taken my sins upon him. And mm-hmm. I believe, I believe, uh, and that I'm covered, uh, by his blood. The and gospel. they said, no, they said, um, no, that's, you know, that's the story, but I need proof. Show me the proof that the Holy spirit lives within you. And, um, again, I, I was sort of, uh, I was taken aback, uh, at, at this point. Right. And yeah. and uh, and I, I just never heard anyone ask me anything like this. And they said, well, we're going to no one's none of you guys are allowed to leave the room until you have the Holy Spirit within you and that you will have the gift of tongues. So um, until you guys are, are speaking in tongues, I'm not going to let you out of this room because we don't want to be we're here to acquire the fire. They said we're here what? to acquire we're here to acquire the Holy Spirit and in order to have salvation, um, in order for us to know that the Spirit was within you, um, you need to show us proof by speaking in tongues. And so okay. so it's think, so so yeah. they they believe that if you don't speak in tongues on demand, you're not saved or you don't have the Holy Spirit. Is that is that yeah. what I'm getting from this? Yes. Yeah, that was basically this experience that I was having. Um, and, you know, some of the kids, I think they've been to maybe some of these conferences before because I felt like half of the kids uh, immediately um, to me, this is my first experience. Uh, they, they immediately began uh, speaking in what, you know, they, they, they say is tongues. Um, it was a different thing I've never heard of before. And they, you know, and the youth leadership were saying, oh, you have it. You can go. You can go. You can go. Um, eventually, it was just me in this room. Um, <laughs> what? Wow. And uh, that must be so intimidating. Yeah, I had four or five adults laying hands on me. Of course, they're speaking in tongues and they're trying to uh, impart uh, this gift to me uh, by laying on of hands. Um, uh, and they're sa- and of course, someone's encouraging me to uh, just relax, stop fighting it. You're overthinking this, um, and and. Um, there was uh, definitely very uncomfortable. Uh, I began to say, you know, I, I, I mimicked the sounds of everyone else around me. Uh, they were uh, very excited for me at that point. Uh, in my mind, I was, um, I felt like uh, very confused. Um, I felt yeah, I felt a lot of pressure. I felt attacked. I felt alone uh, because I was by myself. I left that evening. Uh, uh, I left the room. They finally let us go eat. We went and had an, a, a nice meal together as a youth group. And then we went to the Civic Center where the the whole sort of show begins. And it was it was pretty amazing. There were some great things that I learned there. Uh, from the, the teachers, the speakers, they were speaking from the, the Bible and sharing scripture. Of course, it was true. Um, but I, I just sort of knew that the, the experience was so negative that I was kind of done with this uh, youth group. Um, right. So this I mean, this is so this is not shocking, right? Like you're you're put in a room, you're forced to do to speak in tongues. And you're told that this is how you have evidence of salvation and the Holy Spirit. And and I'm sure like you're saying, you know, there were other good things happening, perhaps at that conference that were giving edifying teachings. But at that point, it's like the confusion is really what can easily like take precedence over everything else. And it's like, well, where do I go from here? And then how did this thing impact your your spiritual spiritual walk in that moment of your life being young and where you were at? Yeah. So at this point, 
in my life, uh, you know, I was walking in uh, my faith out the way the Lord was leading me. Um, I was excited to sort of dive into the Bible on my own and, and I wanted to go deeper. Um, I think it sort of, it somewhat stunted my growth a little bit uh, as far as being a, you know, 16 year old uh, high school going through adolescence, you're already going right. through a lot of different changes. Right. Um, and then um, this happens and I was just like, well, you know, I, I just, I, I hadn't read enough about the gifts to fully say, well, that's not right or anything. All I knew right. is like, all I had was the directing of the, what I thought was the Holy Spirit directing me down right. this path already. All I am is trying to listen to a still voice within my spirit that says, read this, let's go further, you know? And then right. it was, I'm slammed but, up against the wall. But someone so easily in that position that where you put in can can walk away from that questioning their salvation, questioning whether God loves them, whether God is giving his Holy Spirit to them, whether God wants to use them, because clearly the doctrine says I need to just have it. But I know in my heart that in that moment, I just perhaps copied someone else to to get out of that room, you know, to I didn't that was not the Holy Spirit who was speaking through me. I just kind of did this. And so now like you have to get over that, which is your really the what is the gospel, which is the first question, really, which you knew the gospel because you told them the gospel. But they said, no, 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 there's there's this added thing that and so there's that. And then there's also, well, if not just the gospel, but how can I be used by God? How do I know God wants to use me? Because now all of that is has been placed in question. Yeah. Yeah, everything's in, in question. Everything was in flux. And I what I ended up doing was I told my mom uh, after this weekend experience, um, I said, I, you know, I, I just don't want to go back to your church again, mom. I, I, I need to find something else. Um, and she said, that's fine. You don't ever have to come back with me, but please tell the leadership you know, that you're not coming back, just so they know. It was the following weekend. Uh, I went back. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going to a different church. I want to go find something else. This, I, and I'm not interested in coming back to this group. Um, and he told which is sort, sort of rude, sort of rude, PD. But I, I told him what I, what I was doing. And he goes, and he looked at me in my eye. And this is the first time uh, he said, the Lord will never use you. <clears throat> the Lord wow. will never use you to your fullest potential. If you walk away from the Holy Spirit, if you deny the Holy Spirit, it's one of the unforgivable sins. Wow. If you deny the, if you deny the spirit and, um, I really am questioning your salvation, Eric, and I can't believe you, you're doing this. And I said, Hey, thank you. Pr appreciate it. I walked out the door. Um, again, it was just another punch to the stomach. Uh, but because I'm sort of hard headed, you know, like there are certain kids that say, you know, if you tell them uh, you can't you can't climb over that fence, he'll go climb over that fence. Right. I bet you can't climb that tree. He'll go climb that tree. Right. And so in some way, the Lord was kind enough to say, you know, when someone says you will never be used by God, it was almost like my call to say, oh, yeah, watch this. And so in my ignorance, it strengthened me to just say, I'm not going to let this stop wow. me. I will not let you stop me because wow. the Lord has already brought me so far. So that's powerful. Like I praise God because that was obviously like, I believe personally, you know, that was a Holy Spirit boldness empowerment like he was speaking to your heart of hearts louder than what this this pastor was speaking to you like he he was really convicting you of what the truth is despite the lies that you were receiving and that like praise god for that man i had to just keep back my tears honestly right now when you said all those things because the blasphemy of the holy spirit accusation like there are we get so many emails from people who say i think i've blasphemed the holy spirit because of teachings like that, 
where which is okay so you know before we move on maybe we should just talk about a few of those those things that were said to you um about the holy spirit and the one one things i want to pull up is just here in uh, 1 corinthians 12 verse 11 all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills and so we see you know, that God is saying, I, I am giving you these different gifts, right? In 1 Corinthians 12, he's laying out the gifts, but he is saying, I'm the one who gives it to a person as I will for it to happen. And if you read on in verse 29 here, and it says, all, are, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak of tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I'll show you a more excellent way. Not everyone is everything. That is why we're a body. That's why we have hands and, and feet. And all of us, we work together as part of this body. And he's saying that not all have speaking in tongues. So that means by default that it can't be the the sign of salvation or the sign of being filled with the spirit. Now, can it be a sign that someone is filled with the spirit who is actually like speaking in tongues? Absolutely. Can it be a sign someone who's who's praying for someone to get healed or, you know, when there's when there's workings of the spirit happening? Well, yes, that can be evidence that, wow, someone is being used by the Holy Spirit. No, no one is debating that. However, to say that this gift or this office is is the requirement now and i think this all you know eric i think just this all comes from a natural potential pitfall that we all can fall into where you know we're all called to different things you know one can be an evangelist they want to just share the gospel with everyone one can be a teacher they, sh they just want to teach everyone the word more accurately another can be a servant they want to show others how we can serve people better and we and our gift our our strength you know, we want everyone to see what we see because God's revealing it to us and we want to teach it. But we can fall into the error of being like, well, everyone needs to be what I am. Everyone needs to be an evangelist. Now, should we all be partaking in evangelism of some kind? Sure. But not all are called to be an evangelist. Should we all um, teach others and somehow? Sure. But we're not all called to be a teacher. Right. So I'm just, I guess, mm. making the point here, like, like, it's easy for us to want to put things on others that we are passionate about. And and I don't know this pastor, right, who you had this encounter with, but it could honestly be a, a good intention. I don't know, you know, of I just want everyone to have what I have or see things the way I see it. But the problem is because it's not biblical. Now you're putting an expectation and you're really even uh, adding to the gospel uh, in, in your story. And that's putting something on someone that they can't bear. What do you think about that? I can see now being older and, and, and wanting to be gracious and, and me, you know, and I, I was young I, I, and I had a different lens then uh, with less experience, less maturity. Um, you know, maybe this person's uh, was was meant good. I, I, I agree with you. Um, but I, I just that church, that church hurt has have left a scar. <clears throat> yeah, it left a scar uh, for many years, and even uh, recently, we were able to have you and your and your wife on the Light of the Southwest. It was a, it was a pleasure to meet you, and and I haven't really touched the subject of the gifts uh, in a very long time, and so it was a pleasure to have you come on the show explaining the gifts, and and. Um, talking about it and i and for the last few weeks pd i've been i've been thinking again you know to reevaluate how i think of this gift of tongues um uh and, and to to look at it and say hey maybe I, I i was hurt i haven't talked about the subject in a long time have i gotten over it i i don't know like i i feel like sometimes i hear um people talking in in tongues uh, and, I, and, I, and it immediately goes to this negative feeling within right. me. It's not fair. It's not a fair judgment. I never say anything. I never say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Nothing like that. I don't approach people like that. Um, but in my own mind, I know that I, 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 I'm still not maybe completely healed uh, mm -hmm. from, from that. 
So I have some learning. I still need to understand that. But like I, I've also come to the place where the Lord's used me to lay on hands on the sick. And I've seen the the sick be healed um, through that. And that's not me. It's the spirit through me. Um, he's asked me to go up and give an, an encouraging word to somebody who needed it. And I don't even know these people. And I'm like walking up. And I said, the Lord wants me to tell you something. And this right. is what he wants me to tell you. I've had to learn to listen and to obey. Um to that voice. Um, but he still hasn't said, you know, you know, here's, here's this utterance uh, and here's this, but I have been in a place where I've been so broken PD or I, I have no words, especially after let's say October 7th, when we're here of what's going on in Israel today, um, there's no words and you just, you're broken and you go to pray and it feels like there's nothing but a moan that can come out. And that's right. not the same thing. But um, I'm open to learning more uh, about about this particular gift. Um, and I'm thankful that the Lord is still using me. Um, and I'm sure there's people in your audience that have had similar experiences. And how do we not let those negative experiences just shape our entire world our entire life going forward oh, i feel like cute. i even know people yeah. i know people who've done the same thing who've had sit negative and just completely through the bible and anything uh to do with jesus out just because of these negative experiences right wow that's that's crazy i mean so you know there are people who would go that far and there but you can even maybe you're listening to this all right now you don't even have to have had to deny the Messiah because of a bad experience. But sometimes it's even the the like um, the hurt that's still there and that colors your ability to discern perfectly, you know, and so that's what I guess we should think about is our experience like experience is valuable, whether it's good or bad. Good experiences are valuable for obvious reasons. Bad experiences can become valuable. Right. Like if we have a bad experience or a traumatic experience or a hurtful experience, that in of itself is not good for us. But God can give us the ability to understand the truth of the matter, heal our hearts, and then we can be edified by what happened because we can look back and say that happened to me and that's not the truth. This is the truth. And now I can help other people. But I guess the problem is, as many people, um, they come to a place of being they swing the pendulum to the other side, they throw out the baby with the bathwater and they'll say, you know, it would be very um, typical for someone who went through something like what you went through to walk away from that and say everything that's got to do with the Holy Spirit, any of these spiritual gifts, they're not I don't want anything to do with that, right, because that's just kind of what you experienced. And that's what you would say from that. But then the reality is, is what you experience is not biblical. So what you experience is not to the spiritual gift of tongues from the Bible. It is a twisted uh, with the, a theological twisting of what it is. And so that could not produce good fruit. But if you now in your own time, you pray, you study the word, you get to the bottom of what is the gift of tongues really, Holy Spirit? Well, what do you and, and is there anything of this for me? And, and what does it look like? like? If you can come to terms with the truth of the matter, then you can look back and be free from that situation. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. No, that's that's a great it, 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 it it's hard to audit like your life. Uh, it's hard to separate. I know it's, it, it's there's a lot of people that stay uh, within, you know, the motion of what's going on. It's hard to maybe put that aside, step back and evaluate it. And that's a gift of itself for some people. Uh, I, I try to do it on, on a lot of things. Uh, you know, me and my wife are, you know, having a disagreement. You know, you got to stop and just listen to what she's saying because she has a valid point. And you don't always have to just make your point. Yes, it's <laughs> it's it, it's it's hard to do. Um, I'm trying to um, 
still understand that gift uh, and and to say, but I'm not letting not knowing slow me down. Uh, I I will say do what I do what I'm called to do. Keep going forward and just you know ask him to help me. And like you said, the the he's a, our father in heaven, and Jesus is is a gentleman. He is a kind, um, kind and loving Savior, our Messiah. He's going to come alongside you and start to teach you these things and slowly reveal them in a way that you will understand if you ask him to. Um, He's not going to force anything on you. Uh, He's never going to like... you have to choose, you have to say yes, and you have to begin to transform your life um, after he reveals those truths to you. Once he reveals truth, you have the choice now to walk in it or not. Uh, that's 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 your choice, uh, but um, you still have to choose to walk in it. So I'm, I'm asking, right. you know, to be honest, PD, I'm still asking, hey, show me uh, this. Uh, but, and, and help me to be open. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I met you. Uh, if it wasn't for uh-huh. meeting, meeting, meeting you and, and talking about it, I don't think I would have really reexamined it unless you revealed it in another way, but you chose to say yes. You chose to, uh, come, uh, to West Texas. We got to meet and it, it'll continue going. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Oh, well, I love you, brother. I, it's been such an honor to meet with you and your wife, um, you know, and I just want to say that, you know, what you just said about when we're looking back, we have to be discerning as to, you know, what we went through, like, just be like, hey, I, I went through something. It was not good. We all know that. How am I now looking at the theology surrounding this? Am I judging it based off my trauma or my hurt? Or am I being objective and being like, God, I want the authentic, what you have, what is biblically sound. I want to be open to that. And I don't want to um, to cut myself off from it because of fear. And, and perhaps that's it, you know, like trauma creates and this is not this is any type of trauma, right? It it creates a memory that really brings fear into our life until we address that with the truth. The truth will set you free, as Yeshua said. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, then we can see clearly. And so I'm, I want to just say I am I am amazed. I praise God that despite like all odds, because what you went through, that's that's one of the worst stories I've heard about, <laughs> you know, really about. And there's many people yeah. who've had stories who have stories like that. But that was one of the worst I've heard. And I'm just amazed at how you are conscious enough and by the Holy Spirit, I believe, to to recognize what he that he has good things, you know, and I guess anyone listening to this can just ask, well, if I have a bad experience of something that wasn't good, what is the real thing and what does it look like? Right. Um, Instead of just throwing it out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've. You know, and I think I think this is the one gift that most people struggle with. I think the other gifts, people don't have any issues with that, right? It makes sense, like uh, you know, (laughs) for the most uh, part, (laughs) this this this, yeah, for the most part, discernment, healing. It's scary to go pray for somebody. I'll tell you, I had another another experience, uh, PD, with uh, laying. The Lord asked me to lay hands on somebody and pray for them. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do what he told me to do. And I watched the person uh, pass away. Um, And it was uh, on some level, I felt guilty. I felt guilty because Mm -hmm. I didn't obey. Um, I didn't do it. And I didn't do what the Lord told me to do. I know I didn't do it. And I watched the person. I think we all have a story like that. (laughs) Yeah. But then, uh, but then the next time I had this opportunity, I was like, I'm not going to live with that regret again. So I just, Mm. you know, I ran to do it. Uh, You have a story about that, where you ran to do it. Can you share with us that story? Uh, Yes. So uh, I was on a missions trip uh, in Mexico. 
um, <clears throat> the Lord asked me to pray for somebody who lost their eyesight. They were blind. It was uh, a native uh, Tarahamara Indian. And uh, the Lord said, hey, I need you to go pray and lay hands on this person to have their eyesight restored. And um, I immediately in my head was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, it's not your voice. It's not your voice saying it. Because if it was my voice, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's go do it. Right. But I knew it, was, I knew it was the spirit and it was making my flesh crawl. My flesh says, no, let's not do that. Um, but I chose to be obedient and, and fight through that. Um, and I got to witness a miracle. Um, and the, and uh, not to go into all the details, because this could take a long time, but I got to see the person's vision restored uh, and their wow. eyes cleared. And there Come was on, 17, praise God, man. That's 17, awesome. There were 17 witnesses with us who got to see 17 witnesses. It. Wow. And uh, everybody uh, was just like, who are you? Like, who was this kid? And <laughs> I just said, I'm nobody. I just said, yes, that's it. Like, he, he will use anybody and everyone. Uh, and sometimes the weakest people, just to show his strength and power, I would just encourage all of you, if, if he's asking you to do anything, and if you feel that tug on your heart, if you hear that, if you can hear that voice, tune it in and do uh, pray more, ask him to, to, to bring that volume up. And so when it's like, you know, I, I got to make a different turn. I normally drive this way to work, but I got to go the other way today. Listen to it, do it. Uh, he will start revealing and showing more of who he is in your life. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said, we all have a story of when we don't. And most of us, I have many stories, in fact. <laughs> and the thing is, is, that should drive us to what it drove, drove you to, right? This hunger to, I, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to feel like, oh, man, I should have done it. I should have gone. What? And, you know, this is the big question. We're always asking ourselves, what if it doesn't happen, right? That's that's the big question of healing. We're always asking ourselves. Or yeah. let me do, rather say, even that the enemy comes and plans. You know, what if it doesn't happen? Uh, but what if, what if it does happen? <laughs> like, do we ever think to ask that? <laughs> like, yeah. what if what if they did get healed? What would it mean for that community, for the witnesses? For you know, that's the question we should be asking. A question of hope, not a question of fear, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome, brother. Um, I want to, yeah. I want to just say, you know, it's awesome that you, despite what you went through, that you grew in obedience, that you stepped out, you didn't let what the pastor told you all those years ago get to your heart, but you obeyed God. That's so awesome. Like it just shows how powerful God, powerfully God can use us, despite what we've gone through, despite who we are, how weak or strong or our abilities, or God wants to use all of us. Now, yes. um, I just want to also touch on the something else with the gifts, uh, with the um, encounter you had. The gift of tongues exists, but the way it was presented to you was wrong. And, and I think that we have to discern what is the difference between abuse of spiritual gifts and counterfeits? Because when you think about abuse, you know, you can be a, a teacher, for example. Let's just break it down for to make it simple. In other words, God gives you a gift to teach the Bible. But you, we all know about people who are pastors teaching the Bible who've misused that gift, who've, who've manipulated people, who've used it for their own gains, whatever it is. And so we all know that that doesn't mean that God can't use or haven't used that person. It means that they abuse what God has given them. And so this is the same what you know, I believe we're talking about here. And then we have something else where there's a counterfeit, you know, and I just want to read this quote from Dr. Michael Brown. I just read it like yesterday, I believe he said, remember that in the Bible, counterfeit miracles and deceptive spirits were not seen as proof against true miracles and the Holy Spirit's activity. To the contrary, the counterfeit only exists because of the real and authentic is the same in our day. In other words, when we think about counterfeits like we saw like we see in the Bible, we see sorceries, we 
and all these things. And there's even some power that, that there it seems to have, and there seems to be in the enemy's kingdom to a limited extent with uh, the magicians of Pharaoh, for example, and so on. But we do then see that that isn't evidence that God doesn't want to do something. The evidence of a counterfeit means that there's a real, that there is an authentic, that God wants to use us like he ultimately used Moses then to turn the staff into a snake and to eat the snakes of uh, Pharaoh and his magicians, his sorcerers. And so, yeah, I, I want us to just think about that because it's it's easy to paint everything as demonic, you know, and, and I'm careful about that, too. You know, like, I, I don't think it should be so easy for us to just say everything that doesn't follow biblical protocol is demonic because it's not necessarily the case. You know, Paul talks about um, the, to the church of Corinth, for example, and he says to those who are speaking in tongues incorrectly because they're not doing so with interpreters, they're all speaking at once. You know, that's why he's giving that instruction there. And obviously he's not telling them you have a bunch of demons and this is all sorceries that you guys are up to. No, he's saying follow a better protocol. Let it not be chaos. Let there be biblical order. Let the prophets be subject to the prophets. So we have biblical order that God calls us to in our gifts. And and then you have also sorcery, which does not give glory to God. It comes against his kingdom. It gives glory to to the enemy's kingdom. Um, so, yeah, I just I just felt the need to also kind of point that out for anyone listening who's, who's kind of curious about their what they've experienced, because um, it could have been a sorcery uh, if it was something of witchcraft, but it could also be someone who just didn't know what the biblical order was and how they practiced their gift and they were immature in how they practiced it. And I think for anyone now, you know, just as we kind of wrap up here, who, who desires to speak in tongues, say, or who, who feels like this gift is on their heart. The Holy Spirit is drawing them to this gift, you know, but let's just say that person also has gone through, you know, something like you've went through. They've been in a position where they were, it was forced upon them. You know, I think that can easily create a a real struggle because now whenever, let's just say God today comes to you, the Holy Spirit, not, not a man, but the Holy Spirit. And he comes to you and he says on your heart, I, I want you to speak in tongues. But now it's like all the memories from the time you tried it because it was forced. That kind of is now flying back. And that can be a real hindrance for people I found because yeah. now the flesh is reminded of the trauma and it's screaming. Uh, no, this is don't do this. This is you're going to force it again or you're going to make up the words. And, you know, I think for actually for people, even if we take away any bad experience for many people, most people who start walking in the gift of tongues, they will have the flesh rebel because that's what the flesh does. Like you just said about the gift of healing. You didn't want to go and do it, right? That's what the flesh does. It, it doesn't want to do spiritual things. So when it comes to the gift of tongues, the flesh is going to say, you're making it up. This is not real. This because it's always this is not real. This they will not get healed or the prophetic word you have is not from God or the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge is not from God that you're having right now. Like it's always the same thing. So when it's the gift of tongues and it's well, this is not from God, you are making it up on your own mind, whatever. That's what has to be faced now. And mm. that's difficult. So, you know, I would do you think do you feel like do you connect with that? Do you feel like that's something that you would face and maybe a challenge for you? Oh, absolutely. I feel like um, I probably stay like I said, I, I probably have not really dived into this this particular gift because of it. Uh, I I, I, I kind of stay clear of the subject <laughs> to be to, to be completely honest, Petey. It's like I, I don't try. I've never I haven't tried again. Um, and, um, you know, I've, I think I take the maybe a different interpretation of some of it. And again, I don't, I haven't studied it all out. You know, I, I know that from Mount Sinai, right? Uh, there's a voice uh, and it's speaking and everyone can hear it in their own tongue. 
I understand that. And again, it happens again in uh, what we'd say Pentecost, uh, when the Spirit's poured out uh, uh, and um, everybody, there's a voice and everybody again hears it in their own language. So this one tongue and many people understanding it in many languages, that that interpretation I understand, uh, but then there's this there's another there's another thing there I don't fully understand. And uh, yeah, I, I think because of this negative experience, I just sort of people start talking, people want to share, people want to teach, and uh, my brain just sort of shuts off, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, I, and maybe that's what I need to pray for. I just need to pray for um, the right situation and the right heart to to be open again to that. But at this point, it's like I've seen him use me in so many different ways. And like you said in, in, the, in the second Corinthians, maybe, you know, he's like, Eric, I need you to do this. And I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to say, hey, that's that's demonic. No way. I wouldn't I would never, never say that. But, um, you know, I don't you know, we got to you got to. I don't I don't know if I'm I. I'm open to learning. I want to learn. I'm always open to learning. Hashem, give me more. Like the Lord, Amen. just give me, give me more of your spirit. Amen. Give me more. We're of learning yeah. every day. I want more and more and more of you. Transform me into your in, into your image, uh, and let Eric pass away and be old. Right? Like renew right. me. I want to be something something new. Um, so uh, I, would I love say, your honesty. Yeah. I love your honesty, you know, so and absolutely so 100% with you. And I think the, the challenges is with all the gifts, uh, no matter which one you, you always have to have an action, right? Like that, that guy you had to go pray for, uh, with the healing, you have to go and obey and do it. And so the same with the gift of tongues, right? I don't, I believe that God can in times with whatever gift, give us a boldness, right? Like it's it's a supernatural boldness to go up to someone and pray for them for healing or a supernatural boldness to give a word to someone or whatever. And so I see that, but but a lot of times it's not like that. A lot of times it's just like, I, I don't want to do this, but I have to go and do this and I have to yeah. drag my flesh up there and do it. And so I guess the, the reason I bring this up is we We'll have to think about like anyone who's listening to this, right? Who's, who's curious about the gift of tongues. We'll have to think about how does that look for the gift of tongues? Because that means there's some action needed on my part. It means I need to do something. God is not going to like take control of me like a puppet, <laughs> right? So right. like he is gracious. He's a gentleman, like you said. So, so what does that look like? And am I going to, in that moment, be bold? And despite what I have uh, went through, despite what my flash is saying, perhaps, am I going in that moment to open my mouth and faith and speak? Because, you know, it's, it's always a thing of faith. It's, it's belief that God is going to speak through me right now, or God is going to, through me, use me to heal someone right now. Like that faith is where it all should come from. Not from, and see, that's what the difference is perhaps, because you, in that moment, we're forced. And when we force it upon someone or when we say they were telling your flesh to speak in tongues, right? It's mm -hmm. like, and it wasn't going to yeah. work. Your mind was not going to do that. But right. but the Holy Spirit in you can. And now we just they need to get the mind out of the way. So, yeah, brother, I love I love your honesty. I appreciate you coming to share that with us. And and um, I just pray that you know, like we, like you said, the father has different gifts and I believe he's going to use us all in different ways. As long as we're always open to being used in unexpected ways. Yeah. I have one question for you, PD, uh, so for, for this, for this gift, the gift of, of, of tongues, I felt like, um, at that time as a kid, they wanted me to speak uh as a sign for them but is the gift mm. given as a to edify yourself or edify those around you 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's always the question. Is it for is it for the people around me that I'm given this gift, or is it for yourself? I don't understand. Maybe you can give us some insight. So what I'll say from what I see in the scriptures is it's both, and that mm-hmm. so we see for example, um, Paul writes and he says the one who speaks in the tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, for he speaks mysteries in the spirit. Okay, so that is a uh, he's definitely talking about he's edifying himself through his speaking in tongues because he's speaking between him and God. Man doesn't don't understand. So, but then Paul also speaks and he says um, that tongues is a sign for unbelievers, right? It's a, so a sign for unbelievers. In other words, if there are someone who's seeing someone speak in tongues and they're speaking in their language. It's like, wow, like, how can you speak in my language? You don't even know my language. That's what happened in, at uh, Shavu- Shavuot, Pentecost, mm-hmm. right? So it can be a sign for other people, uh, unbelievers, and it can be edification to yourself. And I guess that's where a lot of this, what this comes down to is all the gifts have a different, have different applications. You have the gift of healing and you, you can pray for a believer, you can pray for unbelievers, right? Gift of prophecy can go for an unbeliever. Like if someone goes up there and says, there's someone here in the crowd right now who God has been saying this and this and this to you. He's been taking on this and this and that journey. And right now you're here because of this and that. And if it's an unbeliever, it's like, how did you know all of this about me? And they come to repentance. Paul even explains that, that he mm-hmm. someone can be drawn to repentance through, through prophecy. But then a gift of prophecy can be for a believer too, to give them direction in their life or for a church or, or whatever. So the point's just that depending on like the situation, right, the environment, it can look a little differently. The way that it's given, the way we speak, um, we will obviously have to take in consideration who we're speaking to and the environment we're in. And that's why Paul talks about when you're in a church, Make sure that there is an interpreter when you're speaking out loud in tongues. Let there be an interpreter so that it's not just you speaking and no one understands what you're saying. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and thank you again for your heart, for, you know, wanting to talk about some things that you know, people just tuck away and want to forget. Uh, and sometimes you need to talk about those things. I think it's a very great approach uh, to, you know, all of the different hurts that we've got, we, that, that's hurt us by, you know, those who love us. Sometimes it, the ones who love us hurt us the most. Right. <laughs> and so it's a hard subject to talk about, but it's good to talk about these things that have hurt us in the past. Uh, this is how the body heals itself. I mean, how's the body of Messiah to heal? from those who got hurt with our own bodies hurting ourselves, if we're Absolutely. not going to, you know, the healing doesn't come from someone outside of our body, outside of the Bible. It has to come from the Holy Spirit, the Bible. And uh, uh, it's, 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 it's a good medicine, what you're doing. Uh, and I, I pray that you go around and, and continue to have these conversations and help people to, to see the, the, the misapplied interpretations of the of the bible so uh and and of these gifts thank you pd oh thank you for coming on brother i really appreciate it you know um praise god i just want people to see the holy spirit and what he has for us because yeshua died for our sins and also for the holy spirit to come that's that's part Mm -hmm. of why he died so it's so important i want to just before you know i just wanted to add on one more thing that you you mentioned earlier and it is you talked about and at at Pentecost, and you said that people understood what was being said. And that's correct. I also want to say there were also people in that room who didn't understand. I don't know if you recall, it said there were some who said that these men must be drunk, right? And Peter had to get up and be like, guys, it's it's not even that late. Like they're not drunk. And then you have to ask yourself, so what did it sound like if these people thought that they were drunk in their speech? Hmm. All right, that, that's a valid. Like, what did that sound like? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been around some drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, and you know, if I was to say, hey, you know, that that person's probably had a few to drink, 
Um, I often think of maybe slurring, slurring of words, not not maybe making full, complete thoughts, you know, um, that we would articulate very clearly in speech. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking slurring, uh, murmuring, um, and not mm. maybe making, I don't understand, can you say it louder? <laughs> like, you know, right. I don't know. That's kind of what I think of. Right, absolutely. You know, and it, it can even simply be when you, I don't know if you, how many, you know, when you listen to other languages, like I'm from South Africa, where we have like is it 10 or 12 official languages. So like there's a lot of languages over there. And a lot of those languages, it's like, is that even a language? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So it's like, are you, are you just like making stuff up right now? Like that's what it sounds like to our flash. And so we know that speaking in tongues to the flesh when you're not receiving a a interpretation of, from the holy spirit it's according to the biblical account it sounds crazy strange um doesn't make sense is that person drunk whatever that is that's what it sounds like so i just want all of us to keep that in mind like as we try and judge and discern and grow is let's look at how they perceived it and see, oh, they perceived it that way. So that shouldn't shock me. The legitimate speaking in tongues, if it sounds strange, it shouldn't shock me that it sounds strange because it sounded strange to many in that situation. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining me, brother. Could you just share with everyone who may want to follow up on you, you, your ministry, where they can get your website and things like that? Yeah, so um, I have a website. It's called RebeYeshua.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me through that website. We do have um, what I call a very unique kippa in the world. If you uh, a kippa is a traditional head covering um, worn uh, in Judaism. Um, this is a Breslov style kippa, uh, and but what makes this one different than any other is that it has the name of our master Yeshua on it. So that's on RebeYeshua.com. Also, you can get a hold of me and my wife, Eric and Holly at glc.us.com. Uh, if you have a ministry that's very interesting uh, and you want to share what's going on in the world uh, of your ministry, um, please reach out to us. We host a television show called The Light of the Southwest. And we just highlight interesting uh, people and interesting ministries and see what the Lord's doing all around the world. Um, and we'd love to do an interview with you, just like we did with PD and his wife. So uh, reach out to us and, and thanks for having me on the show, Pete. All right, Eric, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. We love to be able to bless our speakers and you can be a part of that. If my discussion with Eric has been a blessing to you, consider partnering with the ministry. Thank you. Shalom.